As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Fox 2 presents Hancock and Kelly. Welcome to Hancock and Kelly here on Fox 2. Great to have you along on this Sunday morning. On the right today is John Hancock. Good morning. And on the left, tanned, rested. <laughs> He's been gone for a little bit, Michael Kelly. Great if you consider you pink tan, <laughs> I don't really <laughs> that tan that Hey, well. we haven't seen much of the sun in St. Louis <laughs> Exactly. Well, okay, very quickly before we get into it, what were you doing in Mexico? I went down and saw Dave Matthews. He did a three nights uh, in a row down in Mexico in Playa, and I had a blast. Wow. He's yeah. moving in on the El Chapo territory. <laughs> I was on the fun side of the wall. That's, that's All right, I'm John Brown again. Great to have you along. The big story this week, are we near the end of the Russia investigation, or is this just the beginning? According to people familiar with the matter, Attorney General William Barr could announce the completion of the Russia probe as early as next week. Let's listen to CNN's Abby Phillips. She gets us up to speed, and we'll break it down after this. Tonight, President Trump leaving the Mueller report in the hands of his new Attorney General, Bill Barr. Should the Mueller report be released for the broad That'll be totally up to the new Attorney General. He's a tremendous man, a tremendous uh, person who really respects this country and respects the Justice Department. So that'll be totally up to him. Trump offering a muted response to what would be the end of an investigation that he's railed against for two years. Instead, Trump lashing out at the former acting FBI director, Andrew McCabe, who played a role in starting the probe. I think Andrew McCabe has made a fool out of himself over the last couple of days, and he really looks to me like sort of a poor man's J. Edgar Hoover. The president's comments coming in the midst of McCabe's bombshell media tour that has raised questions about whether Trump might have been acting on behalf of the Russian government. Do you still believe the president could be a Russian asset? I think it's possible. I think that's why we started our investigation, and I'm really anxious to see where Director Mueller concludes that. McCabe even hinting that ongoing investigations could involve the president's children. Was the president's family being looked into either before the appointment of Mueller or after? Um, that's something I, I don't feel comfortable talking about as it goes to kind of the, uh, could go to ongoing investigative matters. And making it clear that a bipartisan group of congressional leaders were in the loop as the Department of Justice opened obstruction of justice and collusion investigations into the president. At the conclusion of my remarks, um, there were no objections. There were no protests. There was no, you know, there was a, a clear sense in the room that people were resigned um, to the fact that we had taken a necessary step. That was my impression. Trump dodging a question about that revelation, focusing instead on attacking McCabe. I think it's a disaster. And what he was trying to do was terrible, and he was caught. I'm very proud to say we caught him. So we'll see what happens, but he, uh, he is a disgraced man. He was terminated, not by me, he was terminated by others. And despite publicly supporting the Director of National Intelligence today. Are you considering replacing Dan Coats as your Director of National Intelligence? Uh, I haven't even thought about it. 
CNN has learned that Trump is privately telling associates Dan Coats may soon be out of a job. We currently assess that North Korea will seek to retain its WMD capabilities and is unlikely to completely give up its nuclear weapons. Sources tell CNN Trump is still angry about Coates' congressional testimony, that he believes undercuts his own rosy portrayal of the nuclear threat posed by North Korea. All right, so let's talk about all of this. First of all, the release of the report. Hard to believe after, what, two years? We may not be allowed to hear everything that was uncovered. Your thoughts on this? Should this be public? Should we get to see everything that's happened? Well, it's going to be public, and you're going to get to see everything that, that we should be able to see. You're not going to be able to see sources and methods and anything that would be detrimental to our national security. Uh, I have zero concerns about Bill Barr. He's a career Justice Department. He, he led that department when he was in his 40s. He is a consummate lawyer. He's a consummate defender of the rule of law. He's going to do the right thing here. He's not going to blow up his entire career over something like this. He's going to do the right thing. We're going to get the report. And I think the report, as it relates to Donald Trump and the campaign colluding with anybody, I think that report's going to be a big zero. Now, hopefully, uh, what the report, remember, it started as a, as a counterintelligence report. Uh, I hope we find out how Russia meddled in the election in 2016, and I hope we're able to stop it in the future. Well, we shall see whether or not we're going to find out all the details. That's left up to Bill Barr, and maybe he's, this isn't his first rodeo, as John explained, and potentially I think he might release some of them. One thing I'm confident about is Robert Mueller has not leaked throughout this entire process. Think about that for two years. We haven't had a leak. The Trump administration leaks like a sieve, so once it's in their hands, it's going to come out. We'll get to find out what happened there. Um, and whether or not there's collusions, questions, I don't know. John likes to say, well, he doesn't seem like there's much there. Well, there's seven people indicted, several of them for communications with the Russians. Uh, so it's a little bit of a stretch to say, oh, there's nothing to see here. That's why the report needs to come out, and that's what the American people deserve to know. And I think once it comes out, we're going to really get into the spin game here because I was trying to think, how do we make, make this make sense to people who are kind of following along? And to me, it boils down to these two narratives. Trump is either owned by Russia, who helped him get elected, or two, our intelligence departments are corrupt, and now they're trying to change the outcome of the election and where we go from here. Is that a fair assessment, do you think? Well, I think I mean, it's really one of those two things. I think there, there certainly are people in each of those camps. Um, you know, I think Robert Mueller is a man of honor and, and uh, integrity. I think Robert Mueller conducted an investigation. Remember, I'll reiterate, this was a counterintelligence investigation, and that information's important, and those facts are important, and they're significant. Uh, so the fact that he may come out with a good deal of information as it relates to that, that's a good thing. If there's nothing there on the ca campaign colluding with the Russians, uh, then I hope, I hope the report says so, and I, that's well, what I expected to But say. when you have seven bodies piled up, John, it's almost to the president. If there's nothing there, then the report should come out so that we all can see that there was nothing there. But you have seven folks who've been indicted. Now, this guy, you know, he tries to play them off as bit players, even though we're his campaign manager and his fixer and all this other stuff. These were close assets of the president of the United States. If there's well, nothing there, then well, we're all out for us to know, see. You know, Michael Cohen's got nothing to do with the Russians. Paul Manafort's indictments are all fiscal crimes, financial crimes, failure to report when he was a lobbyist for foreign countries. Keep going, Roger Stone. Uh, yeah, Roger Stone, who is indicted for a bunch of lying. Getting with the well, no, he's, he's indicted for lying to Congress. He's not indicted for talking to WikiLeaks. That's in there. But there's no, there's no connection. What I'm saying is 
Were there, were there some bad actors in that campaign? You bet. Paul Manafort's a bad actor. Was there, is there any evidence that the campaign was in cohorts with Russian operatives? No, and I don't think well, we're going to see it. And we're both just speculating, but I think that there will be a Trump in trouble. It's a question of whether or not it's senior or junior. Well, and the one thing that I also find interesting is the president's former fixer, you just brought him up, attorney Michael Cohen, is set to testify over the course of three days coming up, including one day of public testimony. One D.C. insider said this week, if you're sick of these investigations and you want to tune out, do that except for one more day. That's because Cohen is expected to drop some bombs in the testimony. John, you're talking about a guy here. I know he, the president now wants to say, oh, this, that guy, right, just that guy. Man, this guy was your right-hand man for more than 10 years. Sure. He led all these deals. He met, he did the money. This could be more impactful than the actual report. Well, does he, does he know the, where the dirty laundry is in oh. the Trump organization? You bet he does. Uh, and he worked for a New York land developer, all right? So was there stuff going on inside the offices of a New York land developer that would be juicy for folks? Yeah, probably. And Michael Cohen knows it, and, but people will be tuned in. And Mike even said, should I go down for all of Trump's dirty deeds? Absolutely not. So this is a guy that was loyal, said he'd take a bullet. Now it's like this is his last chance to clear his own name. Potentially, but he is a proven liar. But so is the president, for that matter. And John just said, well, you know, he worked for a dirty... Uh, uh, you know, developer. Who was that developer who was dirty? Oh, Donald Trump. Huh. Also, very quickly before we go, McCabe, though, I mean, he's been out promoting his book this week, but he is now accused of doing the exact same things that the Trump people were accused of yeah. doing. That's lying to federal agents yeah. under oath. Three times. He's, he's got zero credibility. He's trying to sell a book out there because he lost his pension. He needs some money. Uh, I take everything he says with a very large grain of salt. All right, still to come on Hancock and Kelly, Bernie Sanders is in. Oh, yeah. Kamala Harris is in. Heck, every, are you in yet? Not yet. Every other Democrat is in, but can they win? Still to come, why a more moderate Democrat might be the key, as centrist Republicans say, they might be willing to cross party lines. Welcome back to Hancock and Kelly. Well, this week saw Bernie Sanders get back into the race, and he's raising money quickly, millions quickly. The senator from Vermont raised about $6 million in the 24 hours following his announcement. In all, more than 223,000 people in all 50 states made donations to his campaign. His haul is the best so far on the Democratic side. For example, Senator Kamala Harris raised $1.5 million in 24 hours, way behind Bernie, far above what he even raised the last time he kicked off his campaign. And here's what the president had to say. Bernie Sanders is running, yeah, that's right. Uh, Personally, I think he missed his time, but I like Bernie because he's the, he is one person that, you know, on trade, he sort of would agree on trade. I'm being very tough on trade. He would tough on trade. The problem is he doesn't know what to do about it. We're doing something very spectacular on trade, but I wish Bernie well. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he does. I think what happened to Bernie uh, maybe was not so nice. I think he was taken advantage of. He ran great four years ago. And he was not treated with respect by Clinton. And uh, that was too bad. I thought what happened to Bernie Sanders four years ago was, was quite sad as it pertains to our country. So we'll see how he does. All right, so the first endorsement comes from President Trump yeah. and Bernie Sanders. How we about talk that? about this being an unconventional presidency. Wow. That's an unconventional political play. I, I mean, think. that was an opportunity to kick Bernie Sanders and the Democrats in the teeth, and instead, this guy, he just has to talk and use the same doggone adjectives he used. Beautiful, spectacular, lovely. I mean, it's, it's an embarrassment. Bernie Sanders is reheated meat. I think he's reached the, the height of what he can get. 
It's not surprising that he pulled in $6 million. He had a lot of support in the last election. He's going to be able to do that. I think the energy is going to be with some other campaigns, um, and we're going to see Bernie Sanders fade into the woodwork. Uh, it's time for Bernie to retire. I don't know. I think, I think he's a little, little too soon. He needs to wait another 10 years when he's like 90. I think Bernie at 90 might be a good president. You know what's, what's alarming about all of this is that he raised money in one day from every state in the country. Yeah. That means there's somebody that lives in every state in this country that thinks Bernie Sanders is a good idea. Uh, you know, this guy is a disaster, Brown. Uh, he is a, a card-carrying, proudly proclaiming socialist. Uh, that's the last thing this country needs. It's the last thing this country is going to elect. But he's going to be a force in that primary field, even though he's still at the tender age of 79. He's got time. All right, Michael, on the Democratic side, some analysts say they're going to run into the issue. You guys are going to run into the same issue Republicans had, where everybody's splitting such a small part of the vote that somebody like a Bernie Sanders can rise up this time. Because, I mean, you're splitting well, it among 20 people. All you need is a few votes. Next thing you know, you're the front well, let's, runner. We've, we've got a prototype to look at, right? It was 2016. Mm -hmm. Let's think back. Who were the front runners in 2016? We're talking about it being Joe Biden or somebody like that right now. It was Jed Bush. He was the first one knocked out. Who were the last two standing on the Republican side? It was Ted Cruz, the most far right of the candidates who was running, and Donald Trump, who wasn't even a Republican, and he had this populist message. So anything can emerge, and any of these people can win, especially when you have a president who's in the low 40s, high 30s for his approval rating. A couple of big differences between Republicans in 16 and the Democrats today. One is the Republicans in 16 had a plethora of establishment candidates, Bush, Rubio, Kasich. Uh, Democrats have a plethora of progressive candidates. They, they only right now, without Biden getting in, uh, Amy Klobuchar is the only one that's sort of a, even close to a mainstream Democrat. So that's different. The other difference is the Democrats, after Hillary, got rid of their superdelegates. And the superdelegates were put in place after McGovern to try and lock down a nominee. And unlike the Republicans that have mostly winner-take-all primary states, the Democrats have proportional primary states, another reform that grew out of the Bernie Sanders insurgency. They're going to have a very hard time if this field stays at 20 or north of 10 for any period of time. They're going to have a very hard time nominating somebody before that convention. Like Michael said, oh, go ahead, Michael. But money dictates politics. It dictated on both sides of the election, and it will start to dry up for folks. Yeah, I think the days of having somebody win the Iowa primary and they're the nominee, those are beyond us. I think that's it's right. It's going to go for a while. But there will then be an emerging Democratic candidate mainly because of the money. The same thing happens on the Republican side. Okay, but think about this. You even said the president, he's in the low 40s right now. or I mean, some places have him at 50% approval, but we've seen it consistently around 40. A lot of Republicans, moderate Republicans, say they're willing to vote for a Democrat like a Joe Biden if there's somebody moderate that comes into the race. That puts an interesting dynamic, too. Because you would have these people on the right who will do anything to get rid of Trump. They could come over, but not if they go with the Bernie Sanders. Well, but who will we shall see, right? Let's remember, Donald Trump's not even being the Republican president. He's being the president of the Trump base. And that's a message that's turning off a lot of Republicans. We shall see who emerges from this. There's more people to hop into this. Things will shake out. A campaign happens. This is a long slide, even though it's fairly rapid over the next nine months. It's Survivor Island. We're going to see people go away, and it will be an emerging uh, centrist candidate. It used to be that parties really coalesced behind the candidate they thought was the most electable. Uh, for the Democrats, that would be a Joe Biden-esque type candidate. Uh, I think those days may be gone. And, and, well, the parties don't have the power. 
They don't have the influence that they once had, so it's going to be left to the voters. And who would have thought that Donald Trump right. was an electable right. candidate? Right. This is just such a weird time we live in. Correct. Very quick, before we hit a break here, I was sent a message this week with a tip about the change we're about to see on the Democratic side. They say the polls show that Democratic socialism has a negative connotation, so watch for the phrase social democracy to start replacing that phrase. So here are the key platforms that these supporters are pushing for. You're talking about publicly funded health care, increased taxes on the wealthy, publicly funded college, upgrade infrastructure, and get the money out of politics. So watch for that push because that's what's coming out of D.C. The numbers show that people like that. I mean, it may really surprise you, but... Well, those are, those, those are popular issues, but the Republicans have done an effective job making this about socialism, and it's not socialism. Go look up the socialism. definition of socialism in the dictionary before you make those types of accusations. You take the money away from the producers in society and give it to the folks that aren't producing in society and redistribute that wealth and disincentivize uh, enterprise uh, and, and, and invention, you have socialism, and that's that, where that's, that's where not the what's happening. But we headed. just went through an exercise where we took the money from those of us in the middle and gave it to the richest. What should we call that? We called that tax cuts for everybody. For the rich. For everybody. Remember, social democracy. You heard it on Hancock and Kelly first. Still to come on Hancock and Kelly, we're about to see the ramifications of spouting off on social media. The man at the center of the Covington Catholic controversy is suing. Is it pointless or a tipping point for how people conduct themselves on all types of media? Welcome back to Hancock and Kelly. The Covington Catholic High School student at the center of that confrontation that went viral last month is now filing a huge lawsuit. 16-year-old Nick Salmon is now suing the Washington Post, among others, for defamation. The Post for $250 million. Salmon claims that the newspaper falsely accused him of racist acts and instigating a, instigating a confrontation with a Native American activist at the Lincoln Memorial. All right, guys, let's talk about this. Enough lawsuits, and you're going to get people from acting irresponsibly, and this goes both ways. I am all for this because you see so much bad behavior by celebrities, people in the media, left and right, that I'm actually glad to see this. What about you? Well, it will be interesting to see what shakes out of it, and it's going to cut both ways. Alec Jones said that stuff about uh, the shooting that happened at that school. Crisis saying actors. Saying those are crisis are actors. Yeah. He'll get this seemed paid. a little political to me that they chose only to sue the Washington Post, which is Jeff Bezos, which is the president's number one target. Let's not forget that uh, the archdiocese that presides over this school, too, also put out a statement, no lawsuit against them. Well, the lesson here is <clears throat> we better not be so quick to jump to conclusions because if you watch the full, the entirety of the video from that day, these kids didn't do anything wrong. Uh, and the, the guy that was the hero, uh, the drummer guy there, uh, he ended up being a real jerk if you watch the whole video. And you just shouldn't jump to conclusions. This is not so much different than the, the Smollett case where, you know, you, you, when, the, when you jump to conclusions before all the facts come in, you get it wrong sometimes. Well, there have been so many of these lately. I mean, I got blasted on social media for not calling. Remember, you guys remember the, uh, the cemetery in University City where mm -hmm. they toppled all the headstones? And all these celebrities are chiming in. I said, we don't know it's a hate crime. I got blasted. Right. Come to find out it was a guy drunk right. just walking through because he was mad. That's the kind of stuff I'm glad to see because I got all kind of, maybe I can sue. Right. Guys, no one you know a lot of attorneys. Yeah, I know right. a lot of lawyers. Yeah. All right, we're right in the middle of tax season, and more people are getting upset because their refund is smaller than last year. The IRS says the average refund down about 10% so far, but people are actually paying less in taxes. Yes. They just aren't seeing it in the form of a refund. Now, practically smart people understand this guy. Politically, it's not working. 
I don't even know where to go with this story anymore. It makes sense, but people are worked up over this. Well, they shouldn't be. You've got more money in your pocket. Everybody got a tax cut. Now, if you live in a high-tax state where the state and local tax, you know, New York, mm -hmm. even Illinois, uh, that's a problem. But states like Missouri, you got a tax cut. And most people know they got a tax cut. If you refund, you, you should want your refund to be smaller because the that's your money that the government's, you know, you should use that money yourself. Well, the president promised us that we were all going to see it. We we're going to pay less taxes at the end of the year. The reality is that some people are having to pay more. No, we're also going to get to do it on a postcard. We didn't do that. I also want to remind you, remember we were getting these $1,000 checks? You guys touted it. AT&T gave $1,000 away for all this money. It's interesting. This year, those companies are getting the same money. You don't know no, that. No stories about thousand-dollar right. checks. Well, dig it up, John. No stories. Where's, why wouldn't the Republicans well, be I'm putting the spotlight you, on you that? You don't know that. Because they're not it ain't getting, happening. You, you, look, I I give bonuses to my people. I think you probably give bonuses to your people. You don't put it in the newspaper every time. Well, all right. last time you all did. <laughs> Still to come on Hancock and Kelly. I never got a bonus. <laughs> it's time for final thoughts. We'll be right back. Said, ever, Brian. ever. That's right. Dear sirs, if I can please get a bonus. <laughs> oh, you one, need a bonus. Once Brown. in my yeah. life. I'd give you, but if you, work, if you work for me, anybody, Brown, you'd have a bonus. You think so? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Get you coffee and creamer? Buddy, any, right. anything. Final thoughts very quickly. You're up. What do you have? Well, for two years we've been talking about whether or not the president colluded with the Russians. We're going to start to learn whether or not that's the case. It's Miller time, Mueller time, if you will. <laughs> we deserve to know what happened. Right. Yeah, there's nothing to see here. And... Uh, I'll tell you what's happening out there, though, Brown. The Democrats are in full speed ahead to reelect Donald Trump, and I'm very gratified by it. All right. Thanks for watching Hancock and Kelly. If you missed any part of the show, download it there on your handy smartphone. Just search out Hancock or Kelly. Fox News Sunday with Chris Wallace is next. See you next weekend.